Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, Steve. We're back with another episode of the Steel Target Paint Podcast. And do you know who we're talking to today? I do, Jeff. We had a special weekend together. Absolutely. Why don't you tell our listeners who we got? We've got the president of USPSA, Mike Foley. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, fellas. It's good to have you back, Mike. Uh, for everybody, this is going to be a special one because we're going to do a little bit uh, of everything here, uh, and let's jump right into it. Let's talk about what we, we are all at this weekend, the World Speed Shooting Championships. Mike, you and the team put on a fantastic event, and I think the final number was 645 actual shooters, correct? Uh, that sounds like the last number I saw, Jeff. And why don't you tell me what you told everybody when we were having the award ceremony, what that number is. Uh, that number is a world record. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You know, when you say uh, the team, you were an integral part of that team. Well, thank you. I don't know if all, all of your listeners know this, but um, not only were you uh, there competing in, in a couple of different uh, divisions and practicing, but you were an RO on outer limits uh, for the entire schedule uh, and with us all the way through the awards. And I'm just not sure how many people have a full appreciation for the fact that, you know, they were assisted through a course of fire by the Jeff Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, Mike. I, I do enjoy giving back to the sport, and um, I was happy to be on outer limits. Uh, we kept that stage uh, running a tight. We had a great RO crew with uh, uh, George Jones, Dave Hilton, and um, Wayne Becker, and uh, it, uh, it worked real well, and I think the competitors – uh, appreciated uh, a a tight ship, but a very uh, uh, fair platform to play in. Uh, so, thank you. So, Mike, tell me, for all our listeners that weren't at the match and may not have heard from all the people that were, were at the match, where is next year's World Speed Shooting Championships going to be? Uh, next year, we're going to return for the uh, third consecutive year to the CMP Talladega Marksmanship Park in Talladega, Alabama. We'll be a little bit uh, further into May, as we'll be on the uh, Memorial Day uh, weekend. Fantastic. Now, historically, um, you give people uh, Monday or Sunday night a chance to travel, so you just have a single session on Sunday morning, and then we do the awards. Um, is that going to be the same this year? No, year? it isn't. <laughs> that's part. Of, that's part of the reason for the madness. Uh, we are running against the capacity for the schedule we have now, and to get more guns into the match and to get more people into the event, uh, we're looking for ways to um, extend uh, more slots to Steel Challenge competitors and the only way to do that is to create more bays or more days and the plan for next year is that we will run two eight-man squad flights on Sunday and have an evening awards leaving Monday the holiday for travel uh, that will allow us to offer up to 704 
Uh, it'll be 48 more slots in the match, uh, which will um, give us the ability to set a new record for the third consecutive year. Fantastic. Well, I know there's a lot of people that I talked to that had hoped to get in the match that didn't, so you're providing them that opportunity, and I think they're going to appreciate that. We know our mission is to promote safe, fun, and fair practical shooting. And what better way to do that than to allow more people to experience the premier steel challenge event of the year, the largest steel challenge match ever put on the ground anywhere at any time, uh, which we're all still kind of coming down from the high of being part of this last week. But it's, um, it's exciting to know that we have some growth opportunity for next year. And we're already thinking beyond that. My team and I are constantly looking for ways to not only improve it, but to, you know, to help everyone reach their goal of getting into the match if it's what they desire. You know, it's interesting, Mike and Jeff, and it will be great next year because I think after the match, I'm, I'm a social media comatose after getting back from the match. <laughs> so if you're on my news feed or, you know, I'm sure many of us were seeing pictures from all over the country of people that had such a, such a great time at the match, which is, which is really cool. Mike, why don't you kind of break down the match for us on, on your perspective on how things went? Well, I base most of my perspective on the feedback that we get from people who are at the event. Um, it was an interesting week. We started out with a couple of challenges, uh, the least of which not being that uh, Troy McManus, director of the National Range Officer Institute, who is really my sergeant at arms for the organization. He's always the first guy on the ground, the last guy to leave. He's someone who we count on for, for setup and we count on to make sure that everything hits its mark. Um, had a little bout with uh, um, some respiratory illness uh, yet to be determined that put him in the hospital first thing Monday morning uh, to pour a little salt in the wound. I had to have someone take him to the uh, emergency room, and in a quick scramble, Jake Martins ended up being that person. So we started out the week down uh, two key players uh, from my team, Jake joined us later that day and through his amazing dedication, got all of his work back on schedule before the next morning. So um, we missed Troy uh, a great deal, but I was able to get Jay Warden, who is a uh, nationally renowned range master on the USPSA side of the house uh, to step in and be the range master. It was Jay's first steel challenge match. And I don't think that anyone would have noticed that if we hadn't told him, but he did an exceptional job filling in for Troy uh, Troy got out of the hospital on Tuesday night. I picked him up and was there backing up Jay and coaching and helping and doing things as asked the rest of the week. But even being down one of our most important key players, I think we put the most visually pleasing steel challenge on the ground that I've ever seen. Um, I uh, cut all the boards myself and with the help of some, some other guys got them on the ground. Uh, we did laser levels such that the tops of all the targets were aligned at the correct height and um, painted everything uh, such that it was uh, identical stage to stage, uh, removed any debris that would be from the rear of the start box forward, um, and 
in essence, put together what I would consider to be an almost antiseptic steel challenge match, such that if you were in the in the shooting box looking forward, you didn't know there was anything in the world except you and those targets. Uh, at the end of that, I went around and shimmed everything and made sure it was 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 level, and then we cut backups for every single post in the match, uh, three sets, in, in fact, of identical backups that were there on the stage. And we were pretty well prepared uh, for what, uh, what turned out to be a, a pretty consistent, fluid match. You know, Steel Challenge competitors will know if you're off by an inch or two, and I can tell you that there was nothing in this match that was off by even a quarter inch or half inch. Uh, from the setup, we used uh, trigonometry and magic and two tape measures to to go around and check the arc. And Zach Jones and I checked it three times. We just wanted to make sure that it was the example of how other steel challenge matches, uh, you know, can can put the eight stages on the ground. I'm glad you said it like that way, Mike, because I had a couple competitors uh, come up to me uh, and say, you know, those those plates seem really low. And I went, no, they, they shot those with a laser. I said, what you're experiencing is you've probably set it up too high at your home range. <laughs> I had someone tell me they didn't know that Pendulum had those different heights at their range. It's kind of just swept downhill. Some of that video online. <laughs> I had a young man come to me and say, uh, Mr. Foley, why why don't all other matches set it up the way you do? And I said, well, it's quite simple, son. I have an unlimited budget and all the free time in the world. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 but, the 9 o'clock match, uh, the local match that gets set up at uh, starting at maybe uh, 7 or 7.30, um, you get what you get. Yeah, they do their best, I'm sure, to get it as close as possible. I know it, where I shoot out of, uh, we try. But uh, when we measured and, and, and did pendulum, it looked like we were shooting mini pendulum when you finally were shooting truly five- and six-foot plates from the shooter's box. Uh, and you find out that, you know, that six-foot board that you had there was probably about 11 inches too high <laughs> to make a six-foot topped target so um yeah the, the match looked great um the vendors were up i believe this year from last year weren't there more Absolutely. vendors this year yeah we had almost a little tent city over there with uh, uh premier tandem cross um cwa race guns uh hunters hd gold uh and um, oh, well, I had, had one more. Someone Gaston, was, uh, Gaston Glock. Yeah. Yeah. G Gaston Glock. Thank you, Jeff. Yep. And, and, you know, we had a little tent city there in the center and then down at the far end of the range, we had, uh, demos from JP rifles, Tipman arms, MBX, and I think who else was down there? Oh, uh, uh, PSA Palmetto state armory. Yep. And those were fun. Did you guys get a chance to go down and shoot that uh, uh, Tipman Arms 22? You mean the one with the happy switch? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I they, think that that has to be the most the most sought after side side event I've ever seen, where people could hear full auto fire and it piqued their curiosity, and they eventually worked their way down there and got to shoot that full auto 22. And wow, what a gas! 
Yeah, Chris from uh, Tipman said, uh, hey, Steve, uh, don't you have a match to shoot? I was, yeah, come on, man. Just one more time. Just one more time. Come on, one more mag. One more mag. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so they, had a, they had a competitor down there asking, you know, how reliable their magazine was and how well built it was and just talking about it. Tony Martin's reported to have thrown it into the gravel and driven his car over it, then loaded it back into the gun with a happy switch and let it go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a that's was, kind of a testament to product, but then that's also you know Tony Martin in, in his in his normal form. <laughs> I, enjoy, I I enjoy that guy so much. <laughs> the the Tony Martin test is to take it to the ultimate extreme right off the bat. There's there's no there's no lead up. It's just you know right to eleven. <laughs> I'm support, surprised he didn't dump a little beer on it first. Maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, Tony, we love you. you. You know, Mike, you were talking about the stages and the plate heights. As a competitor, it was truly refreshing to see outer limits where the, the top of the plates were, were similar in height. So you can kind of shoot it across from a competitor and you're shooting at, at the rate of speed that some of us are shooting. It makes it for a more pleasant experience instead of, you know, you're shooting down and then you're shooting way up at a target. Then you go to the next one, you're shooting down and then way up and then coming into the stop plate. But it was funny as I ran. Okay, let's not let's not kid each other. I briskly walked to the end <laughs> to the far target <laughs> and it, it was it was interesting because like, yeah, oh, they keep getting lower and lower and lower. And I think I don't know what the stick height back there was, but it was probably two feet, two inches or something like that. But you guys really did nail the target presentation. It, it was, it was great. You know, there's a tip in that for, for any local match directors that are listening. So perhaps on Sunday morning, when you're setting up your match or Saturday morning, you know, or if you have a, a summer league, like we do around here, you know, in the afternoon after work, maybe you can't do a laser level and 200 foot tapes and all the trig and all that. But what you can do is figure out the bays where your stages fit. And once you get that figured out, you can do a little bit of math and a little bit of guesswork with your eyes and come up with a, an appropriate stick height with sawzalls and battery powered reciprocating saws and all of those things today. There's no reason why you can't improve your presentation at your level one, even if you're dealing with less than ideal shooting bays at your club. And, you know, in, uh, in Wilmore, Kentucky at the Bluegrass Sportsman's League, which is my home club, uh, we had a, a club member who's a surveyor come out and survey in the stages in our bays such that if I go out there to practice, I can take my, my own targets and set them up. Uh, so, you know, at CMP, they put those little uh, golf uh, – flags, a little, uh, I don't know what those markers are called, in the gravel, and that helps for, you know, a repetitive setup, but there are ways that you can get very close to world class uh, just by thinking a little bit beyond running out there and, you know, setting up all five-foot sticks or whatever. Absolutely. So we got, this one's done, we got next year's coming up, um, I helped with this. Uh, there were uh, five new division records set. Yes, that there is were. crazy to me how there were people are still breaking 
uh, the records of these of these guns are just getting faster and faster. And it's not all in rimfire either. Uh, in fact, you had it posted, and uh, and uh, uh, tell them what BJ's accomplishment was. So BJ Norris, who's uh, very well known uh, for winning the Steelmaster Award numerous times and for winning centerfire and, and rimfire uh, pistol over the years, uh, shot um, his carry optics pistol uh, at 74 seconds, 74 and change. I don't have the exact number in front of me. Uh, and that was the high centerfire time in the match from a carry optics gun. He didn't get a chance to shoot his open gun. There was something going on with his open gun. He uh, had shot it out, had shot out the barrel or something, and needed a new barrel and wasn't sure he'd have it in time. So he put all his focus on carry optics, which he shot with a Wilson Combat Glock. And BJ's not known for being a Glock shooter. He's been shooting the Beretta platform in production and the 1911 platform, you know, in in uh, Steel Challenge and single stack and so forth for years. And he came out with that. Uh, he told me. After uh, the match was finished on uh, Sunday, that he was certain that having the slide-mounted dot was a factor, and he thinks it's faster than the traditional, uh, you know, side above bore uh, offset that a lot of us have on our open guns. And I, I got a chance to talk with him about that a little bit, and I'm real curious about continuing to uh, have that conversation because I want to know what he's seeing there. Because that was a surprise to me to hear that. But, but yeah, seven, 74 change, and that wins, um, you know, the highest centerfire, I mean, the lowest centerfire time in the match. And is a new world record for carry optics. Well, actually, that would be considered open, but he did set a new world record for carry optics, too, didn't he? He did. That, that's the record. The carry optics gun is the Oh, that's right. That's right. Challenges here. Yeah. He actually shot it. He shot the carry optics in carry optics. He also shot it in open, but he shot it faster in carry optics. In you know when he when he uh, competed in that in that division, right? right. You, right. you know it's it's going to be interesting. I bet you Wilson Combat's going to sell a bunch of Glock modified <laughs> guns. But it, it's interesting though, Mike, when you when you think about somebody like BJ because he is probably one of, if not the best. Iron sight shooters uh, when it comes to steel challenge. I, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of other greats that that are up there, but you know, being that good at iron sights and having that dot that much lower, I'm sure that played in right into his strength. But to see that high 74 or 75 that he shot, I mean, that was that was absolutely amazing. And then if you transition a little bit to you know, what Mackenzie Bragg did with a rimfire rifle open gun. Holy cow, son. I mean, it's, uh, I think Jeff and I are going to start taking up golf. Maybe we, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, we've seen, uh, Mackenzie Bragg come a long way, you know, over the years and, and we've seen her win lots of, um, level two steel challenge matches in, in multiple divisions. Anytime she shows up, uh, the old guys start grumbling and shuffling their feet and, and saying, well, you know, she'll get a job someday or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't embrace it that way. I, uh, I think it's outstanding that we have a 15 year old girl who beat every person in one of the two largest divisions at the steel challenge. And, uh, I kind of announced it that way. I saw some, some, uh, sound bites from my presentation to her on the internet today. Uh, everybody's celebrating it and, and saying, shoot like a girl. And, 
I, I have to say that that, that it was um, it, it was really impressive. I, what did she shoot? 65, 64, 65? It was a 64 and change, like it a 64, was, okay. 45. Okay, I shot a 65, 45, which was my personal best ever. So she shot exactly one full second quicker than me, a 64, 45, and, and I couldn't be more happy and proud of her. I mean, it's, uh, you know, she set a world record, which is, which is fantastic, but man, oh man, the race to 60 begins or 59.99. And, and hopefully a lot of people out there take this as motivation to, uh, to step it up because these kids, you know, you got Ethan and Cole and Grant and Chris Barrett's uh, breathing down everybody's neck. I mean, these guys, little Nate Gibson out there shooting left hand. I mean, that kid's insane too. I mean, all these young shooters out there are just, they're, 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 <laughs> they're out of control. I need to take a day off of work after I got back home. They're probably in school uh, living <laughs> love and life. Yeah, they're uh, they're amazing, amazing shooters and even better people. Well, let's talk yeah, about one yeah, of the juniors. Hold on. He, he forgot one person who was a, 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 a world champion junior and, and, and uh, of course, winning, winning world champion. Uh, took a little time off, had some car problems, missed a couple matches. Uh, Kobe Pavlock came so close to breaking that, that magical 60 number. Steve, remember when the number was 70, that was the magical number. I do. And I haven't pulled up the list, uh, since I've been home, but the amount of time shot under 70 seconds this year, I don't know if there was 20 or 30 of them, but you know, it's, uh, (laughs) people, I, I remember two, two years ago shooting PCC and I think 80 won it. And this year, you you know, I'm not sure if you were in the top 10 if you were under 70 seconds. So, yeah, it, it's crazy. And and for what Colby did, in in Grant Kunkel is is right behind him. I think Grant shot a 63 something, and and Colby shot a 60 point something. That's with an iron sight rifle. Mm-hmm. I I can't even I can't even begin to understand or explain to people how fast and how truly good that really is. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And talking to, to Jared Stanger that uh, shoots with him out in Idaho after the match, he said, man, the guy's just a beast. And he said, you know, at their local match, you know, they shoot four stages here and four stages there. And, you know, if you add those up, Colby has shot under, under 60 seconds, just not in, in one match. And so there's a lot of young shooters out there that are, that are, um, getting real real fast real real quick so it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year i think he has yeah, to, shoot a, guys. to shoot us <laughs> right go ahead mike to shoot us oh, shoot a 60.45 on the world stage you know is impressive i mean it's I, I I think it's as impressive as when we were in california a few years ago and bj broke into the 70s with an iron gun yeah um you know, in centerfire, and and when we break into the fifties, uh, Jeff and I did a little uh, whiteboarding at the end of the match while everyone was going through the prize tables, and um, we were we were putting down what we thought was mechanically possible for certain stages, and I think that if you look at what's mechanically possible, there's another eight or ten seconds here, but to put together a mechanically possible perfect run on 39 strings is not likely to ever happen. 
Yep. But the fifties are the fifty. I called it last year that we're going to see a fifty-nine, and I missed it by a half second. But we're going to see that fifty-nine. It's 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 on its way. There's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's too bad we can't get one of these uh, rimfire co- uh, companies to pony up some cash for the first person that does it. That'd be great. You know, that sounds like a great plan. You should start making those phone calls tomorrow. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> With the connections that we all have, I, I don't I don't see why we couldn't make that make that happen. Absolutely. Well, Mike, there's been, you know, a, a great time at the World Speed Shoot. Um, let's shift the focus a little here. Um, what's coming up? USPSA uh, nationals are coming up here in a couple of months. Um, how are those forming up? Well, we have the largest pre-registration numbers that we've ever had for national championship right now. And what I mean by pre-registration is the people who performed for the slot policy in area championships and national championships last year and earned slots and the slots that are allocated uh, and awarded to clubs based on their USPSA activities throughout the year. And we're somewhere in the 65, I haven't looked at the numbers in a couple of days, but we're somewhere in the 65 percentile for full before open registration starts. So this format's proving to be, uh, you know, it's another format change, which we're famous for, and, and it's looking to be, uh, a very promising for filling up the entire schedule. Uh, the uh, first event is in southern Utah in late September, and that will be open in PCC, Then we'll take a day off and we'll shoot limited and carry optics. That's the high cap nationals. Then about six weeks later, um, in Frostproof, Florida, we'll have the low cap nationals, and that's going to be uh, – production and limited 10 and single stack and revolver. And the, the uh, interesting part about the latter part of that schedule is it's also uh, filling up pretty quickly and we're up against some really big uh, matches inside and outside of the United States. So uh, we're happy about the, uh, you know, the, the prospects of having sold out events and, and at least three of the four matches, uh, if not all, we're excited about the fact that, um, people are, are signing up months ahead uh, each time we change the format and filling up matches. Yeah, it seems like, you know, USPSA and Steel Challenge, all the action shooting sports that are under the USPSA umbrella um, are more well attended than than what I've seen. And I haven't been in the sport all that long, but, you know, we've talked a lot about Steel Challenge in the past. It's just, you know... Uh, had Zach Jones on the podcast talking about, man, what a pain in the backside is to get into some of these matches. I mean, I I think uh, Jeff talked about it and Zach Jones talked a little bit about it. And, you know, if you didn't sign up within five minutes, you didn't shoot on the weekend at the world speed shoot. And it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to evolve in, uh, you know, in the rest of 2019 as well as 2020. So speaking of uh, great results, I saw I saw something out online a little bit. So you're running for re-election, huh? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I'm throwing my name in the hat uh, or my soul into the wood chipper, as someone said recently. <laughs> but, no, um, you know, I've enjoyed three and a half years 
uh, in a position where I could affect positive change and, and, and in a position where uh, I've been a part of transforming this organization uh, into something that will always be here for all of us. And the, the growth has been exponential, and, and we certainly uh, shored up our operation a great deal. And I'd like to continue that momentum. And so I'm running for re-election. Uh, the uh, ballots uh, uh, will start online on the 1st of July and go through the 1st of August. You'll get ballot notifications. You, you, anyone who was a USPSA member as of uh, the first day of May will get a ballot notification sometime in June. Uh, for voting in July, and uh, I'm looking to do this again because I think that there's a lot more to do, uh, and it's very exciting uh, to be in a position where we have such a, a momentum going that I don't want to interrupt that. Very, very cool. I had a couple of folks uh, approach me this past weekend and asked, you know, a little bit about the election coming up, and somebody asked me the interesting question that I that I'd not thought of because again i haven't been in the sport all that long but are there term limits as uh you know uspsa president or other positions uh, there are not term limits for area directors or 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 uspsa presidents uh, i know that uh phil strader who was the president before me was had one term but before phil mike voigt enjoyed 12 years three terms wow. uh, as uspsa president and and the first USPSA president had maybe a term a little longer than that. But the interesting part of that is I'm the first person in many decades to enjoy doing this job full time. I have no other job, no other employment, no other income. I wake up every day and work to make USPSA and Steel Challenge better along with a really solid team, uh, which includes Jake Martins and um, Gary Nash and Troy McManus and Rick Brotzel. And then we have a lot of other good folks who help us, uh, you know, like Zach Jones and, and uh, our admin staff in Washington and, and you know, too many names to, to continue down that path right now and, and name them all. But I have a really solid team. I uh, came in to this job and kind of dumped the bucket out and reorganized it. And the people who could be developed were retained. Uh, the people who were superstars were promoted. And the people who didn't make the cut, you know, they're not with us anymore. And, and, and because of that, um, I feel like that, 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 again, the structure of the organization is dramatically different. And this job is dramatically different. You're not just electing the person who wins the popularity contest. Uh, the, uh, the board is adamant that it wants a full-time chief executive officer. And when I won the election, I was willing to do that. And, uh, they allowed me to enjoy a, a full-time job with full-time compensation and full-time attention on making USPSA and Steel Challenge better. And that support um, has, you know, has, has helped in this, in this endeavor a great deal. Uh, but I think that the future of USPSA is far too important to leave it up to um, a popularity contest. You have to pick the candidate based on their track record, based on their business acumen, their business experience, based on how indelible they are in the game. And if you're one of the thousands of people who like Steel Challenge, I think you should look at the guy who's had the most experience in Steel Challenge, the most time on the ground, the, the guy who's been putting on bigger and bigger and bigger World Speed Shoot Championships. And so that happens to be me. I'm here because I love this place and I want it to always be here. It has to always be here. 
Um, you know, I'm, I enjoy shooting as much as anyone there. I shot eight divisions last week. And my love for the game, coupled with my business acumen, my business experience, and the momentum that we have going now makes me feel like that there's nobody, you know, better situated to continue this work. Uh, when it's time for me to go, I'll be working hard on what I would consider to be a succession strategy to try to find a suitable replacement. But for now, we're looking into the next four and a half years, and I'd very much like to be here the entire time. You know, it's it's interesting, Mike. You you mentioned something about having a great team, and it's it's interesting as we've seen Steel Challenge grow up from from the time I've been in it. I mean, the the presence that the organization, including yourself and Jake and Troy and Zach, all the way through the event, everybody was accessible. There was a hands-on approach. I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't one of those all hands on deck kind of things, you know, implying chaos. It was it was just a a strong presence, and it just lent to a calming and and just a calming sensation. And you know, somebody that um, that that squatted with me was a first time World Speed Shoot um, competitor. Said, "Steve, is it always like this?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You know, this place is calm, cool, relaxed. It feels like a local match, but just more people and more." more more jerseys i said no it's 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 really grown and developed and it's it's a it really is a reflection of leadership from my perspective you know maybe a little bit of duck on water you know <laughs> the, the beginning of the week and the feet were pedaling pretty fast but i think it's a testament to uh to your leadership as well as as those great people that that you have around you so congratulations on such a successful event and I wish you the the best at uh, re-election. Hey, Jeff, I got a joke for you. Want to hear it? Let's hear it. All right. I was going to lay into Mike Foley a little bit. You know, Mike, I never questioned your leadership and decision-making ability until you handed the microphone to Jim O'Young. Jim, we love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no. I prefaced it by saying if you want to know more about Steel Challenge, there's no better place to hear it than Jim O'Young. <laughs> It'll be eight of the best hours of your life. <laughs> and um, But Jim is passionate, and he's been around for a very uh, long time. He shot his 30th Steel Challenge in, out of the last 34 years. Um, if, you, uh, if you listen to what Jim says, you know, we've been doing this thing for about 37 or 38 years now uh, with that little break in the 90s. Uh, but one distinction that I have to make between – the time-tested um, steel challenge of old and the steel challenge of new is that when USPSA purchased steel challenge from Mike Dalton, Dalton and Mike Fishman, it was an event. Their goal was to make it into a sport. They just didn't have anybody on staff that understood sport. And coming from the competitor side of the house, uh, I – very early on in 2016 on a whiteboard in a board meeting in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, wrote event, sport, and hobby. And I said, gentlemen, you have purchased an event with the goal of making it into a sport. And to do so, you want to draw a whole bunch of hobbyists because that's who pays for this thing, the dead center of our demographic. I said, I have someone who's willing to purchase the Steel Challenge right now. And what we have to decide as a body is, are we going to get out of the steel challenge business or are we going to get in it? Because if we're going to get in it, I'm going full speed forward and I'm not going to stop 
until it's its own full-fledged, legitimate shooting sport. And the board got behind me, and the team got behind me, and that's what we've done. I think there were maybe 1,300 people or something classified in Steel Challenge, and we're – I haven't looked at Jack's, Zach's report in the last few days, but we're something like 20,000 classified, and we're – you know, doing 50-something thousand activities last year versus only about 1,700 in the year that I got here. So we're not playing around with that, and it's a big deal. So the distinction between the Steel Challenge of old and the Steel Challenge of now is this is not 100 people shooting 200 guns in an annual get-together in California anymore. This is a world championship for a full-fledged shooting sport for people who are playing it at 200 plus steel challenge clubs across the United States and a few internationally. And that's forever going to be, uh, the line of demarcation is that prior to 2016, this was an event or a series of events and it's now a sport. Absolutely. Mike. And now, you know, I've, I've been shooting for three years now and I don't know what it was like before then because I've never been in the steel challenge, eh, maybe for six months without a classification system. Um, it's always been there. And um, I don't know what your opinion is, but I think that is one of the uh, items that maybe pushed it over the top because now you can compare yourself to what is considered the, the part-time and know what you've got to do and how to get faster. And, and you can see other people and how they're doing. Um, what is your feeling? So the classification system is one of the core attachment points for people to continue to stay engaged as members and to continue to stay engaged, um, at all of the affiliates and all of the matches across the country. And the, the reason being, as you just, as you just said, is I, not only can I compare myself to Colby Pavlock in his 60.45, but I can compare myself to an average of the 10 best times ever. And I can compare myself to myself. I, I'm constantly chasing my own numbers. And I had some mini goals for this event. And one of them was, is I wanted to break into the seventies at the WSSC. I've never done that. And I shot an 80.02, an 80.04, and an 81.80. And each of those divisions where I was right there close to what my goal was, which was just 79.99 or better, each of those, I know exactly why I didn't get into the 70s. And I know exactly what I need to focus on and what I need to practice on. Take that one step further, and I saw something that you posted today, Steve, and that was that your goal now having changed dramatically in the last 48 hours is that you're going to try to be the first guy to get to 59 in a match. Yes, sir. And that's the kind of thing that having a baseline and a classification system, and the ability for someone to record that for you and the ability to not only see yours, but to see the other guys that you're shooting against, and I, I know that we all have people that we shoot with that we've come up with in this sport together that have pushed us. I can remember years ago trying to make master and then later grandmaster in USPSA. And, and I had 
different groups of people at e each point that I would shoot with. And because I got to shoot with them regularly, they were the bar. That Those were the guys who I could tell who was improving and who wasn't. Uh, I could tell what I needed to do to keep up with them. And this classification system uh, allows you to do that. One interesting thing about the classification of SEAL Challenge that differs slightly from the classification system in USPSA is that it is based on the actual eight stages that you shoot in the match. So it's not a series of qualifiers. It's the real deal every time. It may not be set up to within an eighth of an inch or whatever everywhere every time, but it's set up pretty similar everywhere every time. And that, I think... Is, is, is part of the allure. And there are competitors who will never win a world championship. They'll never win a level two. But if they move from 120 seconds to 99 seconds, that's a dramatic improvement. That's a 21% improvement. And so I think the classification system is key to making this a sport. But I think even equally so is the access to events. And with us now at 200 Steel Challenge Clubs, and growing every week, you know, we're we're seeing more and more matches. We're also seeing more level twos, more level threes. The area fives coming up later in the year. The area twos coming up. So activity breeds activity at every level. So all of those things fit together in Steel Challenge in a very unique way uh, that other shooting sports, including USPSA, which I'm very fond of, don't have. And that is the practice and the match are the same at all levels. Sounds good. Well, Mike, uh, again, congratulations on a great WSSC, uh, continued success in USPSA. Uh, I can't speak for Steve, but come July 1st, you've got my vote. Thank you so much, Jeff. That means a lot. Yeah, Mike, if I have to. No, man, I, I really appreciate I, I remember I remember the first time I, I met you out in uh out in California and and I knew this was uh somebody that he wasn't playing around and somebody that you know, it, it's not all the time in the gun industry you find people that that are as um let's just say executive as you are. You know, you're a smart, charismatic guy. Please don't let this go to your head. But you know, you, you forgot make... good looking. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna... just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, I'm going <laughs> to post that selfie with you and I side to side. We'll let the people determine. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. That might be more strain than they can bear, brother. <laughs> it, may be. it may be. But to have somebody such as yourself come into an organization like this that was considered quote unquote part time, you can definitely tell the results that that you've brought in and how you've treated it as a business. And, and I look forward to see what the next four years have in store with you at the helm. So thank you again for taking, you know, about 45 minutes of your evening. I know you don't have to do that, but I know our listeners as well as Jeff and I appreciate it. So thanks for your time, Mike. And uh, we wish you continued success and we'll see you out in the range soon. Thank you, Steve. And I thoroughly enjoy this. This is really just like the three of us hanging out, talking about shooting. Sometimes I forget we're talking to the rest of the world. 
Well, you know, that's what we try to do. Uh, I've, I've said this to a number of people that, uh, you know, you might be able to pick up a tip or a trick here, but, you know, this is a passion for Steve and I, uh, and we just love doing it. We just love talking, and we get access to people like yourselves and some of the other people that we've had on here. I mean, I was just checking. This is this is the fourth time you've, uh, you've uh, accepted our invitation to be on here, and we appreciate that uh, because, again, you bring a different perspective uh, to the shooting sports that a lot of people don't know. I mean, I personally used to think that, you know, you just sat in your office and, and the sponsors would send you guns and free ammo and you got all your matches paid for and, and, and they paid for travel. I mean, isn't that what the president does? (laughs) You know, I don't even, I don't even think that's remotely what the president does, but you know, I, I digress. You know, I yeah. cut, I, I cut all that lumber down there. You, you, you were there. You, oh yeah. You know, a lot of people wouldn't realize that the president's the guy at the end of the day who walks around and helps pick up trash as uh-huh. well. You know, there's no job here that I t- that I think is unimportant, and my team follows that example, and all of the people in our organization that are here now follow that example, and so we're really glad that it's not that way. Um, not to take anything away from everyone who did it part-time, the organization was different and the world was different. But for us to survive and evolve, it takes a little bit more than me sitting at a desk uh, opening up packages of free guns and ammo. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, I, I just can't believe that he dignified that with a response. That just tells you the kind of guy he is. So. Well, I saw him out there cutting that wood, and I saw him out there picking up trash, and I saw him out there talking with – with every shooter that came up and introduced themselves and listened to what they had to say. Um, and you know, I know the kind of guy Mike is, and he knows I was kidding. That was all in sarcasm uh, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, we've had discussions about some of the things he's had to do. And I just walk away going, God love him. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Hey Jeff, I do have one, one parting uh, thought in closing. Kind of reflecting back on the world speed shoot for all the listeners out there, whether you're junior shooters or you're you've been in this uh, sport for for 25 years, the RO staff at the world speed shoot was first class. And whether it's at the world speed shoot or your local match, all these folks are volunteering to help out. I know there's a little they get an awesome shirt, you know, at the world speed shoot, but to be out there in the 90 plus degree weather to make sure that they're offering this quality event, please make sure when you get done shooting, whether it's after your last string on the stage or after all competitors are done shooting, please make sure that you go up and shake their hand and thank them and tell them how much you appreciate what they're sacrificing being out there to, to bring this type of sporting event to you. Um, without this, without the ROs, uh, it's, it wouldn't be possible in, and I think whoever put together the ROs for the World Speed Shoot, a lot of familiar faces. I mean, kind and courteous, and but you know, stern and and, and enforce the rules. They uh, they did a, a top-notch professional job. But please, as competitors, make sure you take an opportunity to let them know how much you appreciate it, and and that goes a long way. So that's that's my closing thoughts, Jeff. You have any? No. Uh... Steve, that was a good sentiment, and uh, and I agree. I mean, uh, I uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to be uh, one of those ROs, and uh, 
And I, I do appreciate everybody who comes up afterwards and, and says thank you. And whether it's, like you say, right after they shoot or uh, at the end of it, um, because it is a passion. And, uh, and hopefully uh, everybody who I ran uh, felt they had a fair shake uh, at, uh, at, the, at, the t you know, at the starts, the, the are you ready, stand by. Um, I try to keep it very consistent. And because uh, the goal there is to see the shooters do their best. I love it when somebody crushes a run and, and a string and you can just see him beaming. I think it's great. And, and just to be a little bit part of that. So you're uh, as an RO is, uh, is a great feeling. So thanks for your sentiments. Mike, any closing comments? No, just, you know, always remember that as a competitor, your job is to be safe, have fun and come back. And, as a range officer, your job is to make sure that everybody's safe, having fun, and that they'll come back. And we take every experience and walk away and learn from it. And uh, we're going to make that staff as good as it was this year, even better next year. All right. Sounds good. Well, everybody, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Leave us some feedback on uh, the Steel Target Paint Podcast Facebook page. And, uh, Steve, give them that code for our sponsor. Head out there and use code STPODCAST10 for 10% off everything at rangestore.net. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Excellent, Mike. Other than the Thanks. fact I that, hope that it, no, it was great. I hope it didn't go too far. <laughs> no, it was perfect. This was on I my patio. This, I envisioned this <laughs> just like it turned out. Um, yeah, well, I get a little wordy sometimes because I, you know, I'm passionate about what we're doing, guys. And of course, I'm walking, I'm walking around the backyard with my corgi in the dark and <laughs> and uh, talking to you guys. No, it's I, funny. You know, it, time, time time always gets away from me when we're doing this, and and you know, there's there's never a time that you can ask that I won't, you know, make a make this happen because it's it's a lot of fun. I appreciate. It. Well, you know, I've been joking with Steve and with this new. Uh, software we have here i've talked about starting the sunday night bull session where you know we'll send out the the the, the phone and you know six guys will get the ability to have a number that they can talk but we could have a hundred people dial in and just listen and it would just be six guys just shooting the shit about guns and shooting and whatever um uh, and I've done it a number of times with Steve. Uh, I do it all the time with Zach Jones. I just call him up. And it's like, Hey, what's going on? Let's, you know, <laughs> it's fun, you know? Uh, Indeed. So, well, let uh, us know, no, Mike, if there's anything else we can do to help you as you, uh, come into the election months, we don't absolutely. Wanna... I really, I really didn't expect that guys. And I really sincerely appreciate you going out, you know, on a limb for me like that it, it means a great deal to me and um, you know there's nobody uh, nobody in this community uh, in the steel challenge community that questions my motivation this this weekend I had you know there were 300 and some of us on the ground and I had a couple hundred people come up and you know have exchanges with me and it was also positive it's also very humbling but just to have a couple of guys who who really know what's going on out front and behind the curtain to to embrace that uh, on a show where you know, you may end up with someone else in this chair someday. I really, really appreciate it.
Not anytime, Mike. The least we could do. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to end the recording and go have a cigar. You guys have a good night. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, guys. Good night, fellas. Talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye. Bye.